0: may have had some moderate rain before, but I'm telling you, the windows of heaven are about to open up, and the former rain and the latter rain are about to come together, and there's going to be an accelerated restoration of what God is going to do in our hearts and in our lives and in this city and in our region and in our nation. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we pray. Father, that you are going to give us wisdom and revelation, knowledge. Father, the things that we need to see and know. Father, you're going to reveal those things to us by your spirit. Father, that there's going to be something in this message that, Lord, is going to that resonate deep down within us. And, Father, it's going to stir us up to living a life for you. And, Father, I praise you for it now in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. If, if you believe that, I want you to shout out amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, again, turn with me to Psalm chapter 84 and verse 9. And I want us to read this. I want you to see what it says here. But it says, Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I don't know about you. I don't. I don't quite understand it. But when I read this, I don't know about you. But I get excited. I get. Uh, I, I. Something begins to stir in me when I talk about going back to the house of God and coming back to church. I. Somebody say I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my, of of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today. I want to stir something up within you today that you say, Pastor Justin, I don't want to just come and be a seat warmer, but I want to come. I want to get involved. I want God to do something with my life, and it's time that I would rather be, you know, if if I wasn't doing all this other stuff, you know what I would be doing before church? You'd see me, and sometimes you will see me. I'll be out at the road. I'll be at the corner, and I'll be waving to people as people are passing by. I'll put on the, the orange vest or the green vest that we have. I'll go down to the corner and i'll wave to people because i want people to see that our church is friendly that our church is inviting i want people to see that that it doesn't matter what background or what color you are that you can come and worship a family worship center and worship the almighty god amen and so i just want to stir something within you it's time for us to get involved if you haven't gotten involved now is the time to get involved Amen. It's time to not just sit back. You know, you can, I, I can turn on the news right now, and there'll be hundreds of, you know, thousands of people that'll be out and, and crowded together, and yet we can't get the people to come to the house of God. No, it's time for us to get back to the house of God, begin to start praying. Either we believe the Bible or we don't. Either God said this, he said, that no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. Or, or he didn't say it. Either we walk it and we walk by faith and not by sight, or we either believe it or we don't. Somebody say amen. And it's time for the body of Christ to step up, to begin to forgive each other, to begin to walk as Christ taught us to walk. God is not the creator of division. God is the creator of unity. Amen. And God wants us to be unified as we pray, as we worship together, as we, as we magnify God. Somebody say Amen. That's what God wants us to do. That's how he wants us to live. But I love this. And look at verse 7. I mean, verse 11. Verse 11. Verse 11, he says in Psalm 84, verse 11, he says, For the Lord God is, the sun, is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I like another translation. It says it this way. In the ESV, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I want you to just say this this morning. Just confess this out. Say, God bestows favor. All right, I only got one person that's in agreement with me this morning. Come on. I want you to want to hear you this morning. Say, Say, God bestows favor on me. Amen. The Bible, the scripture just says, God bestows favor on those who walk uprightly and no good thing. Somebody say, no good thing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That means that, you know, I don't know about you, but, but something that's good. How many of you know anything that's good comes from God? Amen. Amen. Now I want you to just say that this morning. Say, God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. God doesn't bring disease. God doesn't bring poverty. God doesn't bring sickness. God doesn't doesn't cause somebody to have cancer in order for them to get closer to God. That's not from God. Amen. God doesn't cause people to get sick and, and, and bring a virus so that people would turn back to God. That's not from God. Now, God will take what the enemy meant for bad and he will turn it around for good. Whatever sickness, whatever thing that the enemy meant to destroy the, B, the Bible says this in John 10:10, 10, 10, that the thief, the enemy comes not before to kill, to steal and to destroy. If something has tried to come and steal or kill or destroy your health, your marriage, your life, your relationships, anything in your finances, anything in your life, then that is not from God, that is from the devil. But Jesus said this, but Jesus said, goes on to say in John ten ten. but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus came to bring us life. Somebody say, amen. amen. And what is that abundant life? What does it withhold? What does it contain? It contains favor of God. It says, God bestows favor and honor on those who walk uprightly and no good things. Somebody say, no good thing. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk with uprightly. It's important for us to understand that because I think sometimes we we might catch ourselves in this thing where, where all of a sudden the enemy tries to attack our mind and think, well, you know what, I'm not good enough to receive this from God. I'm not good enough to receive this blessing from God. I haven't done this right, or I haven't done that right. How many know the Bible says that it's not by our righteousness that we're saved, but it's by his righteousness. Amen. Amen. Our, our, our righteousness is as filthy rags, but it's because Jesus has washed us in the blood. Somebody say amen. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. I'm going to read it here. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Again, verse 21. If you have your Bibles, I'd turn there, but I want you to see this. He says, for he hath made him. God has, talking about Jesus, has made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made The righteous, the righteousness of God in him. I'm going to read it again. I want you to see it. It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, talking, referring to Jesus, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want you to say, God has has made me the righteousness of God in him amen amen in christ see in christ we become new creatures in christ in him we have become the righteousness of god when we are born again when we receive jesus as our lord and savior when you are born again and you receive jesus christ as your savior you become a new creature in him god does not make any unrighteous new creatures they are all righteous, amen? And that would be an insult to God to say that his, what he did would, be, uh, would, would, would not be righteous. No, we have been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. What does righteousness mean? That means that we are in right standing with God. Somebody say amen to that. Just if you're taking notes today on the back of your bulletin, you can write some notes. Right, righteousness means right standing with God, amen? Amen. Romans 10.10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. How does a a person become righteous? He believes unto righteousness because he believes on him who is righteous, that is, Jesus Christ. We believe on Jesus who is righteous. Somebody say, Amen. And Romans 5.17 says this, he says this, We have received an abundance of grace and the gift, somebody say, the gift of righteousness righteousness is a gift and when we were born again you became a new person in Christ Jesus you were made the righteousness of God in Christ I want you to just confess this today Uh, you know what we're going to just confess some things and declare some things over our lives today I want you to just say I am the righteousness of God in Christ somebody just shout out I am highly favored of God. See, God will exceed what all that you expect. God will increase all of your investment. God will accelerate time to accomplish his kingdom purpose through your life today. How many of you believe that today? See, I want you to just believe that today, that God is going to accelerate time to accomplish His kingdom purpose for you, through, um, through your life today. See, God's favor lasts for a lifetime. I don't know about you, but I walk in the favor of God. Amen? How, how many of you want to walk in the favor of God? Just confess that today. Say, I walk in the favor of God. And see, God's favor lasts for a lifetime. Amen. I love this. Psalm chapter 30, verse 5. If if you see this on the screen, it says, For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. I don't know, but when I read that scripture, man, I just got my shouting shoes on, and I just began to declare how God's favor lasts for a lifetime. Somebody say amen. amen. See, weeping, it goes on to say, weeping may tarry for the night but joy, somebody say joy, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Look down in verse, uh, if you're in Psalms chapter 30, look at verse 10. He says, hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. How many know the Lord is our helper? Amen. He's our strengthener. He's our helper. Amen. And it says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end, that my glory may sing praise to Thee. Not and not be silent. You know, as believers, we're not to be silent, but we are to declare the goodness of Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. You know, that's why it's important that, you know, as whenever we, I saw that video and things online, you know, that's not something that to be silent about. You know what? There should be nobody that should be, you know, have injustice in our lives. And nobody should be treated that way. And nobody should see those things. That should not happen in our lives and in society. Amen. And so the church, it needs to come together. And as the church rises together, as we pray together, as we begin to come together and come back to the house of God, come back to the things of God and declare those things, because as I said last week, we need a supernatural answer to a spiritual problem. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, things in wicked places. I'm telling you today, church, it's time for us to get on our hands and knees and begin to fast, begin to pray, begin to declare God's word, and walk in the favor of God. Amen? And so it's on to say, and he says, and not be silent, verse 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh my Lord, oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. You know what? We can give thanks. The Bible says it this way, to give thanks at all times. Amen. It doesn't matter if we feel like it. The Bible says to give thanks. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on. We have something to be thankful to God about. Amen. Amen. And see, in these last days, we should be living at the speed of favor. We should do things that cause favor, to find favor in our lives. Amen. I don't know about you, but when you find something, you found it. You don't have to go and search for it again. And so church, I want you to know that in these last days, that we ought to find favor and live at the speed of favor. Let me read this scripture to you. I thought this was good. In Amos chapter 9 and verse 13. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine and the hills shall melt. You know, I just, you know, this is something that, 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 that was stirring in me a couple of weeks ago, also from, from my pastor and Pastor JT. But, you know, I want to read this in another translation. Let me read this in the message. It says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree, things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Somebody say blessings. Blessings Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. In other words, everywhere you look, everywhere you go, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Somebody say amen. How is that? Because the Bible says, see, we ought to be walking at the speed of favor. We are to be walking in accelerated restoration. I don't know about you, but I just declare that over our church. I declare that over our city, over our region, over our state, over our country, that we are to walk in accelerated restoration. Amen? And see, when I think about God's ability to move swiftly and to swiftly restore what has been stolen or destroyed by the enemy... I, I think back about that. I think back about all the Bible stories that we read about how God, all of a sudden, there was a suddenly, or all of a sudden, things began to move. All of a sudden, things changed. I mean, if we look back at the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, what happened? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began speaking in to other tongues, and then that day, Peter got up and prophesied, and 3,000 people got added to the church that day. Somebody say, Amen. I don't know about you, but that's accelerated restoration. That's accelerated restoration. And you ought to be believing for accelerated restoration in your life. You know, I don't know your situation. Maybe you might have lost a job during this time. You ought to be believing God for God to restore a job to you. You know, I don't know. I, I just have this thought, uh, you know, and it pops up in my spirit. There was a man over in Florence years ago as a, when I was growing up. He was going to the church there. I've been uh, part of Family Worship Center for over 18 years now. And, and, and so as I was going to the church, he was an older man. And he had had some heart conditions and some heart things. And uh, he had had, I think, open heart surgery, I believe. He's gone on now to be with the Lord. But um, he was working at this job. And, and at this job, uh, he had a special... Um, uh, 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 how do I describe it? He had a special uh, ability to do what he did at this job. And so it was a special job. I don't, and it had something to do with um, mechanics and things like that. And, and I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But anyway, something happened. They decided to close down the shop where he was working. And so he went to his pastor, Pastor Steve, and he began to pray and, and ask God. And, and just said, you know, I'm going to believe God for another job. And all of a sudden, one day, he got a phone call that the company found out that they knew where he lived. And because of where he lived... They decided to build a company, a business right there in Florence, South Carolina, because of his skill set. And they said, because of of who you are and what you know how to do, we're going to build this job right here in the city just for you. And we're going to call and we're going to hire you. And they gave him full benefits and all these things with all these heart conditions and everything. And he worked there for many years and, 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 and later on went on to be with the Lord. But I'm telling you, that is accelerated restoration. I'm telling you that we had to look at things sometimes a little different that, you know, instead of being upset about something that may happen, God may have a promotion or a better job for you at another location. Somebody say amen. See, sometimes, you know, it may be the enemy that causes things to happen that are bad, but God can turn those things around for good if you stay with God, if you stay connected to the things of God, if you stay connected to the favor of God. Somebody say Amen. And see, God is, has the ability, and God will, and God shall swiftly restore everything that, has, that was stolen or that has even been destroyed by the enemy. You know, I've seen it happen in people's lives. Maybe you were, you know, in a relationship, and maybe your relationship got destroyed. And yet today, maybe you're, uh, you know, and, and I've seen people miraculously restored where they have a new relationship. They found somebody that was, is in love with God, and it loves them. Somebody say Amen. Amen. And so all of a sudden maybe that first relationship, maybe that first marriage didn't turn out right, but God has another relationship. God has another one. But you had to open yourself up. You can't close yourself off. You can't have unforgiveness in your heart and close yourself off to the blessing. But no, say, God, I want what you want for me. But don't start dating somebody that's gonna pull you out of the things of God. If they don't go to church while you're dating, then they sure aren't gonna go to church whenever they when you're married. Amen. Because guys will do a whole lot of other things before they get this ring on their finger. But once they get this ring on their finger, the guys are, you know, I don't know, you know, just talking about marriage, guys are kind of like hunters. We like to go out and we hunt, we shoot the deer, and then we mount it up on the wall, and we like to see that deer, we like to see what we caught, amen? Get our big fish and mount it on the wall. But no, see, God, you know what? We need to make sure that God, I want, you know, find, ladies, I want to encourage you, find a, a man after God's own heart men find a woman that loves god that's a prayer that worships god somebody say amen and young people i want to encourage you you ought to start that today don't wait until you're older and say well then i'll start praising god like mama or grandmama did don't wait start now somebody say amen let's look back at this talking about pentecost and thinking about what what peter prophesied from joel chapter 2 go there quickly to joel chapter 2 and um Joel relayed God's message to the people that had lost their crops and to swarms of locusts that tore through their fields, leaving nothing but empty stalks. I'm talking about restoring, accelerated restoration. God promised that those fields would one day yield an abundant harvest that would restore what had been lost. Look at this in verse 21, Joel chapter 2 and verse 21. He says this, fear not. O land, be glad and rejoice. Somebody say, be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. How many know the Lord is doing great things? Amen. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't get worried when I see all these things happening in today's society because I know the Lord is going to do great things. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what somebody else does. I know God's going to do great things in my life. I know God's going to create great things in my family. I know I'm going to walk into great things because I'm a child of the Most High God. He says this in verse 22 Be not afraid. Turn to your neighbor, don't touch him, just say, Be not afraid. It says, ye beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, and the tree beareth her fruit, and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. That's talking about the church. That's talking about the children of God. That's talking about the children of Israel, the children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord for your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down For you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. In other words, we may have had some moderate rain before, but I'm telling you the windows of heaven are about to open up and the former rain and the latter rain are about to come together and there's going to be an accelerated restoration of what God is going to do in our hearts and in our lives and in this city and in our region and in our nation. Amen. He goes on to say this, and the floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with vine and oil. You know what that means? That means that the harvest shall be full. That means that the harvest shall be coming in. Verse 25, he goes on to say, and I will restore to you the years, the years, amen, that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the planter worm and the gr- my great army which I send among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Somebody say, be satisfied. be satisfied. And praise the name of our Lord God and hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Man, I love that. God's saying that He's going to restore to you the years, the months, the days, the hours. It doesn't matter what your situation may have been. God says he will restore. God is a restorer. Just shout that out today. Say, my God is a restorer. Amen. And you shall be satisfied. But he goes on and he doesn't just say that you're going to be satisfied. He says, and be satisfied and. Somebody say and. And is a conjunction word right there in verse 26. And praise the name of our Lord your God. See, I've said this. I heard a great man of God say this years ago. I thought this was good. God doesn't mind you having things. He just minds things having you. Don't come to church. And start getting blessed, and once you get blessed, say, oh, I'm satisfied, I don't need to go to church anymore, and don't come back to the house of God. No, as you continue to be blessed, then stay where the blessing is. Stay connected to the blessing of God. Because I've seen it happen. I've seen people, they'll come in. They get blessed. They'll be, Pastor Justin, I'm believing for a job. And I'll come down and I'll pray and I'll agree with them. And you know what? God will bless them with a supernatural job. They'll be blessed. And they'll have all kinds of financial blessing. They'll have all this time. They'll have all these blessings. And yet I'll say, well, where were you on Sunday? Oh, well, you know, I was just tired from working that job. What do you mean? You were tired from the job that God blessed you with to work at? Truth anyhow. God says that he will restore to you the years. You shall have plenty. I don't know about you, but I want plenty. He says you shall eat in plenty. I don't know about you. I like to go. I mean, not right now necessarily. I don't know if I'd want to go to a buffet right now. But when I do go to a buffet and when they do open back up, I like to eat plenty. Amen. And be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord. Verse 27, he says, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That's what Peter declared the prophecy from Joel chapter 2. God's people shall never be ashamed. Who can restore the effects of lost time? Only God. Somebody say, only God. Only God can restore the effects of lost time. Go with me in your Bibles to New Testament Scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says this, Wherefore he saith, Awake, or awaketh thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ... Somebody say, Christ shall give ye light. Christ will give you the light. See, I don't know about you, but every time I read that, I just get excited because it's time for the church to awake. It's time. You are the body of Christ. You care. You are the temple of God. And wherever you go, whatever you do, you carry the presence of God wherever you are. And when you need to, it's time to awake. It's time to rise up. And when you see something that's done that's not correct, that's not according to the scripture, that's the time to stand up. I heard a testimony and I thought it was good but you know somebody, he came and he, and he was saying that, you know what, where I work man, there's nobody, there's no Christians around and I just want you to pray that I, find, that I find another job so that way I get around some believers. No, God may have you there to bring light to the situation to be bring light to those around you and say man, I know what, man, I want to live like you live. I want to know how do you have that blessing? How do you walk in that favor? How do you have those things happen? I'm working the same job, I'm doing the same thing but there's favor there's something different about you what is it it's the light of god it's the presence of god amen see in both the natural and the spiritual realms light is the key to vision light is the key if i I could take this room and we could we could turn off uh, all the lights. I'm not going to do it, but we could. And you can kind of see that little light coming through the crack of that door there and that. But you know what? If, we, if it was just completely dark in here, it would be hard for us to see. But one little light, I could just take a light on my flashlight or, or I could just take a match and light it up. And that one light, you know what it does? It causes me to be able to see vision so that I can see where it is that I'm walking. And so they work the same. Natural and spiritual realms, light is the key to vision. In the natural, our eyes see reflected light and send a signal to the brain. The brain interprets the signal and it produces awareness in our consciousness. Through sight, we perceive the existence of an object. The more light we have, the better we will see what is before us. You know, for example, my daughter, she stepped on something the other day and her foot and, uh, and, and it was kind of bleeding the other day. And so, you know what? I had to get out and I could see with the light, but you know what? I could take and, and I could take her to another place like outside where the sun was shining or I could take my flashlight and I could have better light to magnify, to see even better what it is that I needed to see. Praise God. She was fine. Her foot was fine. It's healed in Jesus name. She's walking on it. Amen. Amen. And just fine. But you know what? That takes light in order to see. In the Spirit, things are not perceived by natural sight. However, the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is, has the same effect as a light upon the natural eyes of man. His influence causes us to perceive the things of God. Just as the natural light, the greater influence of the Spirit, the greater our level of spiritual perception. Amen? That's good. I'm going to say that one more time. Just as with natural light, the greater influence of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives, the greater our level of spiritual perception. That's why, church, I'm telling you, it's so important that we get filled up with the Holy Ghost. That we're baptized in in, in the Spirit. Amen? Because look at what he says here and goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. He says, see ye then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise remember what we said in that scripture earlier jesus or the psalmist said david said he said there is no good thing that god will withhold from those who walk uprightly now paul is telling us see thee then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming somebody say redeeming the time because the days are evil Wherefore, be ye be not unrise, but be un, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Somebody say, be filled with the Spirit. We ought to be filled with the Spirit. With the Spirit of God. Because as we're filled up with the Spirit of God, all of a sudden, our spirit gets in tune with God's Spirit. And all of a sudden, as we begin to walk through life, all of a sudden, God's light will begin to cause revelation to come upon and to light and lighten inside of us to know. It's kind of like, have you ever read a scripture and you read it before? Maybe you read it many, many times, but yet you never quite got the got the concept of it. It didn't become revelation to you. And then one day you read that scripture and it was like the light bulb came on and that that scripture just meant so much to you. That's revelation, that's light, that's spiritual revelation that the light bulb came on and that all of a sudden now you can receive that. See, we need to be filled, an ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. God's presence in your life will open your eyes to see the things you could never see on your own. How many know that there are things that sometimes we could be looking right at it? We could be both looking at the same thing and see two different things. But God can reveal the secret things. God can show you the things that no other man can see. You know, I read a story or heard a story of a a young man that there was a company out there that needed help in coding and finding some way to do some app. And some young man, about 10, 12, 11 years old, figured out the code to be able to fix that app. And the company gave him millions upon millions of dollars or a million dollars because he solved the problem because he could see what nobody else could see. I'm talking about accelerated restoration in your life. I'm talking about God wants to accelerate you. And I'm not saying it'll be the exact same way as that young man, but I'm telling you there are things that God will put his finger on and he'll identify. You know, what? my grandpa, he was, uh, used to work in textiles and things like that. And as he would work, you know what? God would give him uh, witty inventions and ideas to help make the, the, the company work better and flow better. God will show you things in your life to be able to come and invent new ways and new Things and reveal things that someone else may not see or might not ever know. Amen. I'm talking about accelerated. Somebody say accelerated, accelerated. restoration. Again, Amos 913. I fully believe that the Amos 913 season holds incredible insight for those who will focus on the harvest of God. Through the Spirit, you will see things you've never been aware of before you will become acutely aware of harvest opportunities. See, I want you to be aware of the harvest opportunities. The greatest miracle, the greatest thing that someone can do is to walk down these aisles or to come to know Jesus Christ. You don't necessarily have to walk down the aisles to accept Jesus, but the greatest miracle that happens is when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I want you to be aware and be excited and be be ready for the opportunity to share Jesus with someone else. Amen. And as a result, you will be laser focused on bringing in the harvest and advancing the kingdom of God. Rid yourself of the baggage of regret Rid yourself of the baggage of past failures and of disappointment that you may have in others or in your life. But take to heart Paul's words when he said in Ephesians 4:31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all, somebody say, all types of evil behavior. It doesn't matter what it is you know it, it, you cannot hold on to unforgiveness or bitterness in your life you cannot hold on to to rage and anger and hold things on the inside it doesn't harm anyone but you jesus is talking to the fig tree and he talks about how we can say to this mountain and be thou removed plucked up and cast into the sea and he says says when you stand praying forgive See, because if you don't forgive others, then Jesus or God cannot forgive you. And so we need to forgive others no matter what's going on in society, no matter what's happening. Church, we need to be a place of forgiveness. We need to be a house that loves one another. Amen? Accelerated restoration, which will put us on track for an accelerated release. Favor is about to get on the fast track and to be released expeditiously towards you. I want you to look at this, think about this, this passage of Scripture. Remember when the disciples were all of a sudden, they were out and they fished all night long. And what happened? They came back and they had nothing in their nets. They had no fish, not at all. And Jesus said, throw the net on the other side. Peter had a lot of opportunity right there to say, what does Jesus know about fishing? I've been a fisherman my entire life. He could have said, Man, I've been fishing all night. I'm too tired to throw the net on the other side. I've already washed my net. I don't feel like tying my, throwing my net on the other side. But yet, you know what Peter's answer was? He said, At thy word, I will throw my net on the other side. Do you know as they threw their net on the other side... They began to pull that up and the net was so full they couldn't even pull it in the boat. The net began to rip and all of a sudden that was an accelerated release of God's favor, of God's power, of the miraculous. And God wants to do the same thing in your life and through your life as we would say yes to the Lord and yes to the things of God. Then all of a sudden that accelerated restoration and that release shall come to our lives. See, God wants doors to be opened to you. Doors will be opened to you like none other. And see, the Lord himself declares in Revelation 3.8, he says, see, I have set before you an open door that no one can shut it. Doors of healing, doors of reconciliation, doors of financial restoration, doors of financial recovery, doors of increase, and are opening in the incredible end time season of favor. That's right. That's the time to jump up and shout and and, and run around. Amen. And just declare that today. That that in these last days, that there are going to be countless other God moments that He has prepared for us to receive. And people are going to receive Christ like never before. I'm telling you, the former and the latter rain are going to come together. And the rain of the Spirit of God is going to pour out like never before, and people are going to come to know Christ like never before. Church, we need to be prepared. Church, it's time for us to get serious about God's business. It's time for us to say, God, I'm about what you're about. I'm going to do the things that you want me to do. If you tell me to say it, I'm going to say it. If you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. Somebody say amen. And so we need to begin to walk in the favor of God. You know, just this week, just thinking about just personal testimonies. There's been numerous things that have happened in my life this week of how God has supernaturally blessed me, and I just walked into open doors. You know, I had uh, I'm wearing my my class ring from high school because my my wedding ring had a stone that had fallen out, and you know what? I was kind of upset about it. I was looking all over. I was searching all over the the church, and my office, and my house, and my car, looking for this stone because I wasn't sure whether or not they would replace it. You You know what I was able to find the paperwork I walked into the store I actually called the store and it was after they closed they had to open up the gates just so I could get in it was an open door there was nobody else around me and my daughter we walked in I handed in the ring she saw the paper she no questions asked she said you know what oh we'll fix that for you she took it wrote down my name my information and send it off and I'll get it back and it'll be fully restored somebody say amen I'm telling you, testimony after testimony. We walked out of there, saw somebody that had come to the church in the mall. They were able, We were able to bless them by buying. Uh, they, they had a little, uh, what do you call it, little uh, store right there in the center console in the mall. And so we were able to, and they blessed my daughter with a blessing, but we still also wanted to bless them, amen. And so, you know what, blessing upon blessing. I went to another store, and all of a sudden, they didn't want me to return some things because during all this, I guess, some things had expired. And I don't know about you, I didn't feel like eating expired food and you know what i've been there before and all of a sudden the lady tried to tell me no you can't return that and you said no oh no i've been here before i said i can return it. i've returned many of things she said well let me call the manager you know the manager came over said oh i'm sorry sir we'll fix that right up for you we'll return all those goods amen See, I'm telling you, restoration. I'm telling you, walking in the favor of God. See, sometimes we don't just walk through life and say, no, we don't, you gotta walk and you gotta stand for your favor. You've got to stand up and say, No, I am a child of God. We don't have to be rude. We don't have to be disrespectful, but we can say, no, 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 that's not right. No, devil, you're not still in my blessing. No, I'm going to walk and I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna stand for what's right. I know that I can do this and see if we would get this word of God inside of us and know what the will of God is we wouldn't accept sickness in our life we wouldn't accept lack in our life we wouldn't accept anything that's none other than what God declares is ours to have somebody say amen I believe I'm preaching better than you're shouting even though you're shouting pretty good this morning amen I want to encourage you we need to take seriously God's word and the infilling of the spirit Take a drink of that living water. Something ought to be stirring in you that as you go throughout your week, that all of a sudden that you're going to be looking for opportunities to share the living water of Christ with someone else. And that when you see someone hurting, when you see somebody in lack, when you see somebody that needs help, that's hurting, you say, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Hey, can I tell you about how God changed my situation around? Because if God will do it for them, God will do it for you. If God will do it for me, God will do it for you. God is no respecter of persons. He will bless you. He will restore you. And he will cause his favor to come upon you. How many you believe that today? How many receive the word? Word today.